Blaze Radio Network. And now, Chewing the Fat with Jeff Fisher. So we are finding about this story now that happened last year. I mean, the man is healed and living as normal a life as possible now. And it's been, uh, took, uh, I don't know, three weeks after the surgery. He had two surgery, multiple surgeries. And then he was discharged from the hospital. And it took six months of recovery to get him back to at least having some sense of normality in his life. What happened? Well, he was at uh, a party, some family gathering, and some of his family members were fighting. He went to break up the fight, and one of the family members bit him on the leg. <laughs> How many times does that happen in your life? You're at a party, a little family reunion, somebody starts to fight, you go to break it up, and Cousin Joni bites you in the leg. Happens all the time. So his leg was kind of story, sore, he couldn't walk. He went to the local emergency room and they gave him a tetanus shot and an antibiotic treatment. And then it continued to be sore, uh, continued to be very warm and very painful. So he went back to the emergency room and they were like, oh, hey, yeah, you have a flesh eating infection. And so we're going to need to cut that out. <laughs> and as usually is the case, uh, they cut a big chunk out of his leg and then they realized, oh, look, we didn't get it all. So they went back and had to grind out some more. Does not sound like fun. So the flesh eating bacteria typically enters the body through breaks in the skin. Uh such as cuts, burns, insect bites, or in this guy's case, uh, a human bite. Now, obviously, if left untreated, you're probably going to die. But uh, fortunately, he went to the doctors pretty soon. Now, they claim they're not sure if it came from the bite or if the bacteria entered his body soon after the bite. But why haven't we investigated the the relative? Like, is a relative going around biting people and giving people flesh-eating bacteria? Uh, how about we do a little investigation on that? I don't want her... We need to, you know, rinse out her mouth. <laughs> Maybe rinse out her body. Do something. I don't want her wandering the streets. Knowingly. I'm sure if you are, you know, bite somebody and you give them flesh-eating bacteria and you didn't know... You didn't know that you were you had, had this capability. Well, I'll let you off the hook. But now we know. Now we know that this guy's relative could possibly be giving people flesh-eating flesh bacteria from a bite. Well, we need to do something about it. That, is that me? Am I the only one that thinks like that? Apparently so, because according to this article, he's fine now. A uh, little bit of big scars, occasionally painful, and uh, all the parties involved, including Cousin Joan or Jenny or whatever the hell her name is, are very sorrowful. So it's all good. Don't worry about it. Welcome. Welcome to Chewing the Fat. <laughs> So there's a Cato Institute 2023 Central Bank Digital Currency National Survey of 2,000 Americans. They asked respondents whether they favor or oppose the government installing surveillance cameras in every household to reduce domestic violence, abuse, and other illegal activity. 
Um, how about no? <laughs> no, I am not in favor of letting the government uh, surveil my actions inside my home. Now, 75%, thankfully, 75% say no, they oppose that. However, it should be more. It should be more. 14% are in favor of it. 14% are in favor of letting the government install cameras inside your household to surveil you out of the goodness of safety. Uh, You know, we need to reduce domestic violence, abuse, and, you know, other illegal activity. We need to do that. Do we? 14% are in favor of that and 10% are, oh, I don't know. I mean, don't you? Don't you? So three in 10 young Americans, according to this survey, uh, support government surveillance cameras in every household uh, just because they say to reduce abuse and crime. No, thank you. No. 29% of 18 to 29 year olds up are for it. 20% of 30 to 44s, 6% of 45 to 54, uh, 6% of 55 to 64, 5% of 65 plus. Now that should be zero across the board. Zero. And maybe I give you that it could be 6%, you know, across the board. But no, anyone who is older than 29 years old and is in favor of letting the government surveil the inside of your home, uh, no, no, thank you. You were raised wrong. And especially I mean, now we have 29% of 18 to 29 year olds agreeing with that. It won't be long. It won't be long before we let that happen. Holy cow. And then they break it down by, uh, you know, political party, race, gender, age, which we just covered, uh, ideology, and also uh, education. It's interesting that high school or less, 18% are in favor. Post-grad degree, 16%. So almost the same. Now, I'm surprised 18, 18% of high school or less. Uh, yeah, that's okay. That's okay. Put it in my house. And then you reach about the same amount of people as the post-grad degree. Huh. That is interesting. And also, according to this now, uh, 33% of black Americans agree. And uh, 25% Hispanics agree. 11% of Asians agree. 9% of whites agree. For are in favor of government surveillance cameras in your home. Oh my gosh. Wow. Um, how about no? Now, obviously they were doing this uh, survey because they were wanted to know about the central bank digital currencies, and they wanted to find out whether the relationship between opinions on the government issuing a central bank digital currency and government installing cameras in the homes. And it appears that they are correlated. Uh, more than half of those who support the central bank digital currencies also support in-home government surveillance cameras. So it's kind of interesting. If I'm running for office in today's world, I want somebody to run for office. How about no? And I mean, just say no. (laughs) Uh, How about uh, no? Should we do this? No. Should we make this illegal? No. Uh, Just how about no? That's my campaign. That's the chewing the fat 
Jeff Fisher campaign for office, if I were to run for any office, would be vote for me. How about no? Or we could turn that around with how about no? Please vote for me. I mean, we have given up so much of our privacy already outside of our home. We have given up that privacy outside of our homes a long time ago. I mean, you just might plan on wherever you're at, whatever you're doing, there is going to be cameras that are going to uh, record what you're doing. We, get, we, we know that now. And it's all because, well, it's just this company or it's just this company. And some of it's government and some of it's, and then it's all for our safety. We got it. But now they want to surveil in our own private property, our own homes. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, no, you can't have that. A man, and I know that uh, we've come a long way from a man's home is his castle. And, uh, you know, we've come a long way from that, but it still is. And as far as I know, and I, again, you know, I could be wrong. And, and I frequently am. Uh, this is still America, the United States of America. And a man's home is his castle. And we do not have to, the son does not have to pay for the sins of the father. And uh, we just, it's, no, we have some, at some point you have to take a stand. And I would, <laughs> uh, no, you're not putting cameras from the government in my home. No, thank you. Now, many of us have cameras in our home for security now. And we've t done stories about how the government has come in and uh, has a warrant and wants your footage because something illegal happened outside of your home that could have been filmed from your camera. We just did that story not long ago where the guy actually went out of his own volition and said, hey, I've got security footage of these are the people, you know, scanning the neighborhood. It could be the possible criminals that have been stealing in our neighborhood. And then they came back and said, well, we want all your camera footage. Well, no, you can have this camera footage from my front door or my side door or wherever the camera was facing that I have the footage of the possible, possible suspects. And, you know, that's that's another questionable story in my mind as it is. But with our cell phones and our computers and our ring door cams, I mean, and cameras everywhere else, we've given up the right to that privacy outside of our homes. Uh, I'm not giving up inside my home. No, the inside my home is me, myself, and I. Uh, well, you know, sure, my family can be there, but it's really about me. And really, you know, you can make the case to me that we've given up that security and privacy inside our homes now as well. I mean, everyone's taking pictures of themselves inside their home. And here's me in my living room and me in my family room. And here's the kids doing this in the family room and out back. I don't know. It's a, it's a, I know it's a, it's a fine line. I know it is. But I, I do not want government surveillance cameras in my home. For I don't care what kind of safety they're purporting to uh, save us from. The answer, <laughs> the answer is no. I mean, sure you could, you know, sneak into my laptop or my desktop or my cell phone, but no, I'm not going to allow it. <laughs> I mean, they're just outright saying, "Well, we're just going to put it in now." <laughs> no, if you're gonna if you're gonna surveil me inside my home, be a sneaky little devil use my phone and my laptop and my desktop and every 
<laughs> it's okay. That's uh, all. Just, uh, you know, use Alexa to know what's going on in my home. All right? I mean, that's the joke that I... <laughs> the Alexa joke, right? In your home. That, uh, Alexa, where is my father? Your father is on a beach in Florida. Ha, gotcha, Alexa. My dad is sitting right next to me here in the living room. That is your mother's husband. Your father is on a beach in Florida. <laughs> All right. Uh, let's go to the break room. I need something cold to drink desperately. <laughs> So I was watching, forced to watch actually, the uh, Xbox Game Showcase yesterday. And, uh, you know, during the showcase, I don't know, 27 games, 21 of which will be available for Xbox Game Pass and or PC Game Pass. But then they had a complete infomercial on Starfield, which is, uh, you know, from Bethesda Game Studios. Now... I looked, I, sh I saw Starfield, I don't know, a year or more ago, and I thought, that's really cool. But they delayed the launch of it because, huh, I mean, it is pretty cool and amazing. So they say now they're go for launch 9-6-23, September 6, 2023. Uh, Starfield is go for launch. Starfield is freaking cool. That's <laughs> uh, just another uh, multiple universes in space where you're your own space person, and you have your you can pick up your powers and your your ships. I was just really really cool. I just I think it's I was it was so cool to look at uh, the solar system a year or more ago, and they're still working on it because. They claim, well, this is uh, Starfield, they claim is in the year 2330, okay? So humanity has ventured beyond our solar system, and this is their website speaking, or me speaking for their website, uh, settling new planets, living in uh, space-faring people, and you will join Constellation, the last group of space explorers seeking rare artifacts throughout the galaxy. So uh, really, really cool. I don't know how many... I don't know how many planets are inside the const the group, the constellation, or you're part of constellation, but you continue to move on and go to different planets. You can see what's on each planet, what each planet offers. Really, really cool. I mean, you could spend, I could see where you could go in to Starfield and be there forever. <laughs> uh, what happened to your dad? Well... He's lost in Starfield. I'm not sure what planet he's on, but don't bother him because he's not coming back till he's done with that planet. And then maybe he won't come back at all. <laughs> and they, you know, they showed all the other new games and everything and they were fine. They were fine. And I, you know, a couple of them were like, oh, but uh, no, they're not. They're not Starfield. And uh, wow, do I. I mean, they're already selling merchandise for it. It looks really really cool and i know that you know their deal of of starfield is that uh, the creation is more like uh what do they call it uh like cyberpunk or uh, how they look yeah cyberpunk i like that i like that term cyberpunk because that's what you that's what you're in the future but a lot of your stuff looks old and vintage 
uh, from our world and yet we're not in our world anymore. Uh, really cool. Uh, just whatever Bethesda and Xbox is doing with Starfield is awesome. And I can't wait for it if it ever comes out because once you get uh, immersed in it, I don't know that you're coming back. <laughs> I mean, they'd be happy about that. I don't know that I would. Congratulations. They pulled off the Tony Awards last night without any writers. They made such a big deal. The Tonyers did the epic night without any writers. I don't know how they did it. Please welcome the winner of this category. <laughs> I don't know how you do that without writers, but apparently they figured it out. So they, <laughs> uh, I don't know that they need someone to write. Thank you. I really appreciate this. <laughs> Uh, so congratulations to all the winners of the of the 2023 Tony Awards. I mean, it was also a huge historic historic night as uh, two people, uh, Alex Newell and J. Harrison G. Uh, G H E E became the first non-binary people to win Tonys for acting as the Broadway community seized the moment without and of course they seized the moment without hollywood writers without a script are you kidding me i mean look i'm on the writer's side make a deal let's get the writers back to work <laughs> but award shows i mean come on now come on uh this is where you come out and say hello welcome to the 2023 tony awards <laughs> you tell your own little joke and then you get to the award show and the person comes up and says, thank you. <laughs> uh, just amazing. Uh, congratulations also to Kimberly Akimbo, named the best musical winner of the 76th Annual Tony Awards. Uh, the musical is about a 16-year-old girl with a rare genetic disease that makes her look 72. And had its world premiere off-Broadway at the Atlantic Theater Company in 2021. Directed by Jessica Stone. The complete cast from the run continued on for the Broadway bow. Oh, that's so special. So, congratulations to Kimberly Akimbo for winning the best musical for 2023. And the rest of the 2023 Tony Award winners, congratulations. And I, I hope you were able to say thank you uh without you know worrying that you weren't saying it right because there weren't any writers that's really weird now i'm pretty sure that lynn manuel miranda was there uh i, I only saw pictures of aaron Rodgers at the uh, tony awards boy you talk about somebody i mean what is he doing at the tony awards i mean aaron Rodgers. i'm sure you know i i like aaron and I know he's embracing New York now that he's a member of the NFL team, the New York Jets. But you don't have to go to everything, Aaron. <laughs> Apparently you do, though. Apparently you do. So I don't want to take that away. Good for Aaron for being there and looking out of place and yet enjoying himself at the Tonys. And I'm sure he'll tell you, what? I love plays. Okay. Do you? <laughs> anyway, Lynn manuel Miranda launched his new initiative, uh, aimed at, guess what, diversity among theater professionals on Broadway. Well, oh, and, th and in theaters, of course. Across the country, yes, representation, inclusion, and support for employment theater network. 
the rise network will create a database of diverse professionals working in various roles in the theater hoping to make it easier for prospective employers to hire applicants of color and make it easier for people of color to find work opportunities and make it harder for people who are that nasty white (laughs) cis gendered person from finding work we can't have that we can't have that not in today's world that cannot happen so good luck to the rise network from lynn manuel miranda so i see garth brooks my man you know him you love him uh he's back in the news again uh first story that i had was that he had in this interview he talked about uh reviving his alter ego chris Gaines. he said there's five more albums in the works <laughs> from chris Gaines amazing that he's gonna bring back chris Gaines again and he's got already got five more albums ready to go for it pretty amazing so good luck we'll see if that happens um he said that uh i don't know if it's because i'm 114 year old but 114 years old but now everything takes three hours more than it took time to do before so the Gaines project uh, was a lot of time put in because it's not natural you're acting on a record but I wanted to do it. So good. I hope that's cool. I know he's back in the news again because uh, everybody's saying that, uh, you know, he is against the boycott of Bud Light. Well, I mean, he's kind of against it. What he's against is just saying, I'm opening a bar. I'm going to sell all brands of beer. I don't understand why that's that's such a, a controversial topic. I'm going to open a bar and I'm going to sell all the beer, every different kind of beer. <laughs> Uh, amazing he said in the interview yes i'm going to serve every brand of beer we just are it's not our decision to make one of the things is if you're led into this house love one another if you're an a-hole there are plenty of other places uh, on lower broadway so he's opening a place in nashville and he has no plans on boycotting he's opening a bar you want him to stop telling Bud Light in his bar? It's just silly. I, I don't understand. We're going to beat up Garth because he's going to not boycott a product? I mean, I thought that was our deal. If you want to boycott something, go ahead. If you don't want to boycott something, that's okay. Again, I go back to uh, this is still America, right? He didn't say that he was all for <laughs> I'm for every transgender he's for everybody i don't understand i i'm i am this whole thing has got me really really torn so i'll just leave it at that uh, from what i read uh he just said hey i'm going to uh i'm going to sell all beers at my bar and i want to uh have a place where you feel safe i want it to be a place where you feel like there are manners and people like one another okay uh and yes we're going to serve every brand of beer we just are how is that terrible but in today's world it most definitely is So who died today? Who died today? We are at a tipping point in America. 
With 400,000 children in the U.S. foster care system and a quarter of those awaiting a forever family, Christians must step up. This is Jack Graham, senior pastor at Prestonwood Baptist Church, inviting you to Chosen, a summit addressing these urgent needs on Saturday, April 13th. Chosen will empower churches to begin foster care and adoption ministries and equip families who are adopting or fostering. We have great speakers joining me, including Sadie Robertson Huff and Governor Greg Abbott of the great state of Texas, along with dozens of breakout sessions. I urge you to join us and help make a difference in the lives of these precious children. Register at Prestonwood.org chosen. Ted Kaczynski, the Unabomber has now uh, been put to rest, or at least he's dead. Uh, he died uh, at the age of 81. Uh, according to sources, they have not identified a cause yet, but apparently he died by suicide. Although I guess he had cancer, and so maybe you know they just let him die of cancer, and then instead of getting beat up in prison, like, you just let Ted have cancer and didn't treat him? Yes, we did. Uh, he killed, uh, he was the Unabomber, and uh, <laughs> so he died by suicide. I don't know. We'll see. But Ted Gazinski dead uh, at the age of 81. I know a lot of people, uh, you know, dry your eyes. <laughs> I get it. I know. He had, I mean, he had the nation uh, uh, questioning what was happening in our mail. That's for sure. <laughs> uh, long running, uh, I mean, the mail bombings between 1978 and 1995. Three people were killed. 23 others were injured. Wow. I mean, he was a... Uh, he had uh, master's and doctoral degrees in mathematics from the University of Michigan, hail to the victors, and was a tenured track professor at UC Berkeley before he just resigned, moved to his cabin in Montana. And he said the attacks were spurred by encroachment of construction near his cabin and motivated by the belief modern technology was destructive to the planet. Modern technology was destructive to the planet, that bastard. Who does he think he is? At its peak, the investigation involved more than 150 full-time agents. The case broke open when the FBI allowed the publishing of his 35,000-word essay. And that, you know, then his brother realized who it was. And, and uh, I, I watched the, the one documentary on it. And it was like a voicemail or something that they had of the Unabomber. And the way he said water, if you're from Philadelphia and that area, it's uh, water. Uh, my wife is, you know, that's a, and her father, it's water. It's not water. It's water. Water drives me crazy. But uh, he said it that way or he wrote it that way. I don't remember. I just, it's been so long since I've actually uh, <laughs> paid attention to the Unabomber. But it doesn't matter now because he's dead at the age of 81 also silvio berscaloni the media mogul former italian prime minister has died he died at the age of 86 he was a billionaire he served as uh, the prime minister of italy for over nine years and uh he later was uh, convicted later cleared of charges of having sex with an underage nightclub dancer at one of his wild bunga bunga parties. <laughs> you son of a... Oh, man. <laughs> Why was I not invited to one of the bunga bunga parties? 
<laughs> I now want to be a part of the bunga bunga parties. He was suffering from serious ailments, including COVID-19, which resulted in uh, repeated hospitalizations beginning in 2020. And then he was discharged from the hospital last month, where he received six weeks of treatment for a lung infection linked to chronic leukemia. So, I mean, he was a pretty sick man for the last two or three years, uh, which... You know, some could make the case that perhaps he shouldn't have had so many bunga bunga parties. But not me. Not me. No, sir. You have as many bunga bunga parties as you want. <laughs> uh, Silvio Bersalusconi. Uh, dead at the age of 86. Okay, well, while not dead, uh, George Soros, the 92-year-old George Soros, apparently is all the rage now because he's handing over the reins to his son, Alexander. And uh, good, 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 good. So apparently, uh, Alexander is going to take the reins over from George. I keep calling him Alexander. His friends call him Alex. So Alex is going to take over the control of George's uh, $25 billion empire. And he self-describes himself center-left, who grew up self-conscious about the family's wealth. Oh, did ya? Gosh darn it. I know. But you know what? Um, we distribute $1.5 billion each year through the nonprofit. And it also donates tens of millions of dollars to Democratic groups and candidates through super PACs. Oh, really? Yeah, you think? Yes, yes, they do. And he claims now that he's going to uh, at least spend some more money on voting and abortion rights. So that's great. So congratulations to Alex. He takes the, the reins over from... George. I don't know if George has a new girlfriend or not. I, th <laughs> I think he's still married to the same woman, right? I think they've been, he's been married to this chick uh, since 2013. But in that time frame between 2013 and now, I, the last 10 years, I'm sure that we've talked about George's girlfriends and the one girl was pissed because he had her a place for her in Manhattan and then he wanted it back or he wasn't going to pay for it anymore. I forget that whole case. But uh, anyway, I'm sure that's over with now. Long over. I mean, he's just going to give the reins to little old Alex and everything's just going to be okay. <laughs> and dad's going to go off with Tamiko and they're just going to be happy little birds of a feather. And do we know if the Pope is out of the hospital yet? I mean, he just had surgery. I know he had surgery to repair or remove the scar tissue from a hernia, but it was a big deal. And the Pope, uh, you know, he's not uh, any a spring chicken these days. Well, I mean, who is? But he's like 86, 87, something like that. So these little surgeries uh, add up on a human. <laughs> Believe me. So they say he's fine. They said he was joking after the surgery. Uh, you know, all that kind of stuff. He had uh, adhesions removed. Uh, there was some internal scarring on the intestine that had caused a partial blockage. So they went ahead and did the abdominal surgeries in the past. So they put the little mesh 
uh, prosthetic mesh in there. I've got someone in my household that's actually had that done for the hernias before. <laughs> so I'm well aware of what happens with those surgeries. But uh, let's see. I, he was supposed to be in the hospital for a few days after that surgery. So uh, is, he out? Yeah, is he out yet? Uh, did he? I, I bet he didn't do I don't think he did mass this weekend. So uh, hopefully the Pope is getting better and we want nothing but uh, want nothing but good for the Pope. I say that as a person who would run for his chair if he were no longer available to be Pope. I would run for Pope again. <laughs> but I have nothing but nothing but love for the Pope. Nothing, nothing but love for the Pope. I don't necessarily want him to be Pope, but I got nothing but love for him. <laughs> All right, so we've got the uh, we've got still got uh, the NBA and the NHL championships uh, still ongoing. Uh, Miami Heat taking on the Denver Nuggets in Denver, Game Five tonight. For those of you listening live, today is the twelfth of June, twenty twenty three. So Denver should be able to win this uh, win the NBA championship tonight at home, uh, Game Five against Miami. Although you know. I don't know. We'll see. Miami's had a, a pretty good luck of things these days, but uh, I don't think they're going to beat Denver. And Denver's at home, so they want to win it at home. Let's go ahead and do it. Then we have the NHL uh, Stanley Cup final still going on. Uh, Vegas and Florida. That game is tomorrow night uh, for the uh, another game. I'm sorry, you know, game game five of the Stanley Cup finals. And Vegas should be able to finish off the Florida Panthers. Uh, tomorrow night, <laughs> the 13th of June. However, you know, Florida's had a pretty good run of things this year, too. So we'll see. I, I would venture to say that uh, Denver's going to win tonight in the NBA. And Vegas is going to win tomorrow night in the NHL. Then we can wrap this whole thing up, shall we? Let's be done with it. And congratulations to uh, Djokovic, who won the French Open, which sets, makes him uh, the most men's Grand Slam wins with 23 he has the record now so now he can go away and he can be <laughs> uh, the young ones can take over and uh, Novak can uh, go ahead and take it easy although I doubt he will but he does hold the record now for the most men's grand slams at 23 congratulations I see where uh, Aiga Swatek uh, won the uh, women's French Open for her fourth grand slam so congratulations to Aiga did you see where Conor McGregor, speaking of the NBA, <laughs> uh, the last game, Conor McGregor uh, came out for some promotion between quarters. He's promoting some, I don't know, pain relief spray. And uh, good for him. It's this new product that he's, you know, a part of and a spokesperson for. But he came out and the uh, mascot for the Miami Heat showed up with a uh, you know showed up and Connor hit him smashed him twice in the face <laughs> so I mean the mascot was wearing these oversized boxing gloves and a giant robe you know looking like he was a fighter but that didn't matter and uh, Connor Connor punched him a couple times knocked him down once with one punch and then knocked punched him again <laughs> 
and then he tried to spray the mascot with the pain relief product and so they dragged the mascot off the court <laughs> really funny not funny if you're the mascot now apparently the mascot is fine uh they say that uh, he was tended to and uh, he was uh he was he's okay he took some pain medication why he had the pain relief spray right there and uh, he's resting at home now so <laughs> so the fans that booed connor when he came out uh they're booing him even more now for uh, banging up the mascot but that was part of the deal i think that was just part of the deal and the mascot didn't expect connor to actually punch him in the face <laughs> It was awesome. It was awesome to see. And uh, I'm sure I'm sure the mascot is just happy to be a part of it. So then I see, like I've been to a number of rodeos. And I know now I live in Texas and I've been, I haven't been to a rodeo in some time, but I've been to many of them. And I have never seen what's called a steer scramble. Okay. So I'm watching this video from the johnson county sheriff's posse rodeo in claiborne texas now they have all they bring all these women out into the arena and they call it a steer scramble now i'm told that it's supposed to be a calf a small bull but instead they brought out a full-grown bull and so all these women are out in the arena and they're looking to not, I guess, get knocked down by the steer or get knocked down by the steer. I don't know how you win the thing, but this bull is ramming into them. <laughs> I mean, these women are getting hit. There are several of them that got hit hard, man. When you see the video, I mean, it could not be good. It could not be good. Finally, after he charmed, I mean, he hit multiple women out there dinged him hard and so they finally got him cornered in the in the arena and stopped it pretty amazing <laughs> uh i don't know what they were thinking i don't know if i'm one of those women and they brought out that full-grown steer i'm like no thank you i am not part of this take care get me out of here but it's almost too late right they're out there they're thinking they could do it and that steer took care of did some damage man <laughs> it's not funny but i'm laughing because it's funny i mean holy cow these women are out there trying to be uh, all big bad and brave and you're up against the steer man he is taken a couple times they surrounded him and they don't know which way he's gonna go and he just picks one out i'm going after you and he gets her man <laughs> it is not pretty it's fun to watch because it's not me getting hit or someone that i know getting hit by the steer but it does not look like that's what was supposed to happen at the steer scramble over there at the Johnson County Sheriff's Posse Rodeo in Claiborne, Texas. Oh, did you see where uh, Taylor Swift was uh, in the middle of a song and she starts swallowing a bug or bugs as she's swinging? She had to stop mid-song and choked on a bug. I hope you know, it looks real. It looks like it really happened. And she goes on to say that there's a bunch of bugs flying in the area. Perhaps uh, this was in Chicago. Maybe they need to, you know, spray some bug spray around at the outdoor concert. I don't know. Just me. But uh, it was pretty fascinating to see Taylor, uh, you know, choking on a bug. I would say that it looks real, but it could be all just for show, too. You're on stage. You're Taylor Swift. You want to try to make yourself be more like 
the young girl up in the front that paid $8 billion to see you on your eras tour and you want to just become more homey. And what could be more homey than you choking on a bug in the middle of a song? (laughs) So she did choke or at least pretend to choke on a bug mid-song. I'm not saying it wasn't real. I'm just saying that I questioned it just because, well... I do. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.